Welcome, everybody. We are in Tehillim Capital Tests, and the title is Eye of the Beholder. And a couple of very interesting ha'aras will t- hopefully tie it all together. So the first pasuk is actually very hard to understand. Lamatzeach al mus labain mizrael david, a story, a, a song about the death of. The simple reading is the child. We'll come back to that shortly, and let's let's first get a context and then a couple of interesting ha'aras. King David tackles a vital question in this psalm. In the previous psalm eight, David expressed the fact that all one needs to do is view the magnificent world with intellectual honesty, and he will see Hashem's greatness and design. The scoffers claim that the world does not show them any evidence of God. Let's talk about hidden presence of Hashem. The world, the word that means world in Hebrew is olam. This word comes to the root ne'alam, hidden and concealed. Hashem has created a world in which his presence is concealed. It's almost a paradox, though, because it's also so clear and revealed. Our job is to seek him out. If we put in the effort, we will clearly find him. Those who are enemies of Hashem certainly can utilize their free will and live life in denial of him as well. The perspective is yours to choose. Roshan Shafal Hirsch, 1808-1888, explains the opening verse of this psalm to be expressed of this idea. Lam Natseach, a song, Al-Mus, about the hidden, something that's not here with us. Lebein, that's the status of the sons of Hashem, the Jews. It's about the secrecy of the world. And Israel is sometimes compromised position which has been raised as a challenge by the Gentiles, will be answered by Hashem. All that happens in the world is in order to bring the world to perfection and reveal Hashem's majesty. The remainder of the psalm expresses how Hashem will judge and repay each nation and enemy of a Jewish people with intricate divine precision. The right perspective. Whether one sees Hashem's presence in the world depends on one's integrity. When someone has a premeditated agenda and does not want to see the truth, then nothing can get him to change that view. When the atheist Russians first ac- accomplished sending a man into space orbit, he came back with a report exactly what they were looking for. Yuri Gagarin, 1934 to 1968, the famous Russian cosmonaut who was the first man to ever orbit the Earth, returned from orbit and declared his proof for the absence of God. Quote, I went all the way up to the heavens and I didn't see God up there. And so now it has been confirmed. Some scholars question whether the statement was actually made by him and said a trap attributed to the Russian leader of the time. But either way, Yuri died at the age of 34 when his trainer jet crashed. His meager one hour and 48 minutes in space would be his claim to fame, and apparently the justification for many people's anti-God lifestyle. When the American astronauts of Apollo 8 caught a glimpse of Earth from the moon, they made history. Frank Borman, James Lovell, and William Anders were in awe of the sight. They began to recite verses from Genesis chapter 1, at the beginning God created. The experience allowed them to see God's greatness firsthand. The picture that they snapped in 1968 became known as Earthrise and is considered the most influential environmental photograph ever taken. Their perspective was that space is amazing and brings us to revere the creator of the world. The difference between Apollo 8's conclusion and Mr. Gagarin's Russian conclusion, worldview, is what determined what each one wanted to see. Gagarin saw space as another opportunity to deny God. Apollo 8 saw space as a time to commune with and recognize God and to be awed by him. Interesting follow-up. Incidentally, the crew of Apollo 8 read from the Book of Genesis as they orbited the moon on December 24, 1968. The event was broadcast over national television and was the most watched program at the time. A certain viewer and famous atheist activist named Madeline Murray O'Hare was enraged by the expression of religion relating to the moon exploration and attempted to sue the United States government for violating the First Amendment. The suit was dismissed by the Supreme Court because of lack of jurisdiction. It happened outside of Earth. In 1969, the United States Postal Service issued a stamp which commemorated the Apollo 8 flight around the moon. It featured a colored detail of the Earthrise photograph and the words, In the beginning, God. For those who wish to see Hashem's presence in the world, one must simply look around and experience it. There's a famous thing from 
Mekubalim, that Ari Kaplan says, that it says in the Pasuk, Se'u maro enechem, u mi bara ela. If you take the word me and ela, it spells Elohim. If you ask the right questions, you will certainly arrive at the right answer. And that could explain the first Pasuk, what's going on. I want to say one thing, which is that in Pasuk um, Yudtes, it says, God will not forever forget the poor person. And don't think that the poor people will be forgotten. And there's a creinxiv. The word aniim is spelled ani with a vav in there, like as if it says anavim. But it's pronounced aniim, poor people. What's it, what, what's going on? It's because when somebody goes through life and they're lacking something, that's an opportunity to be bitter, but it's also an opportunity for humility. And if somebody goes through life as and has a time in their life where they're an ani, they're missing something, they could use that opportunity to become an anav and get closer to God. May we all be zochah to do that. And may our learning be a sechus for Klai Yisrael, especially for Eretz Yisrael, the safety and security of Klai Yisrael. Thank you so much for being here with me.